You are listening to episode 116 of the Confident Coaches Podcast, the one where I'm going to invite you all to embark on a new goal with me. You ready? Let's go. Welcome to the Confident Coaches Podcast, a place for creating the self-confidence you need to do your best work as a life coach. If you want to bring more boldness, more resilience, and more joy to your work, this is the place for you. I'm your host, Amy Latta. Let's dive in. Well, hello there, coach. How are you doing today? I'm, I know, I'm always doing fabulously. I just ran a brand new class today called Overcoming Offer Obstacles, where I broke down the top obstacles that coaches have told me that they face when it comes to making big, bold, irresistible offers. And it was hot. It was on fire. You know that thing where you talk about oh, you're going to start doing work that blows your own mind. This definitely blew my own mind. And I hope to take the questions that I got and the feedback that I got and make it even better. So if you missed it, no worries. I'm going to be running this training again because it introduces brand new coaching that I literally have never heard anywhere else. And I can thank being down and out with the COVID and the flu for the past six weeks for having these ideas come to my brain. So all the more reason, I know we've been talking about it a little bit, but all the more reason why building downtime away from your business time, why 100% effort does not mean working all of the time, all the more reason because some of your most brilliant ideas will come to you when you're not even thinking about your work. It's fabulous. Now, Today's episode, I'm just going to come out front. It's different than any other episode that I've ever done because every single topic that I've ever shared with you, I've already done the work. Now, it might be recent work. It might be a recent revelation, but the revelation was had and I'm now on the other side of it in some way. Now, that doesn't mean that sometimes I don't still get caught up in it and I have to remind myself, oh yeah, that's right. You don't think this anymore. And then, you know, back to regularly scheduled program. But I've done the work until today. So I'm introducing a concept to you where I'm in the thick of the work. I might even say I'm on the upslope, like if doing the work is a mountain, I'm still on the front half of the mountain. I'm going to tell you, being fully honest, like full disclosure, I don't want any shadows. I'm shining the light on the, the entire story. I haven't mastered this at all. So why would I share it with you when I don't have it down yet? Like, how am I supposed to impart on you, here's a topic, here's how you do it, when I'm still figuring out how you do it? Because I think it's just too dang important not to share it with you now. I think this topic is too important to wait. And some of you might already be ahead of me. Some of you might be right alongside of me. And some of you, this episode might inspire you to join me on this goal yourself. I just think that it's so important to work on and we can even look to one another for support as we do it together. Are you in? Are you ready to come on a new journey with me? So what am I talking about? I'm talking about single tasking. I know. I know. (laughs) It sounds super sexy, doesn't it? Wait, single tasking? This is her big, bold idea? I guarantee you 
that what I'm going to introduce to you today, this really has the potential to change your life, to change your day-to-day, and it is an extended conversation of that 100% effort conversation that we've been having over the past couple of weeks. All right, but first, some backstory. So I was born in 1974 on a Wednesday. No, I'm I'm not joking. We're not going that far back. So my formative years were seeped in women-can-have-it-all culture. I mean, my husband can still quote that perfume commercial. I can bring home the bacon and fry it up in the pan and never let you forget that you're a man because I'm a woman. Like, Anjali perfume really messed up an entire generation of women. And then those women are now raising women and are now raising women. The tagline for Anjali perfume was literally the eight-hour perfume for the 24-hour woman. What kind of bullshit was that? And we soaked it up. And my husband's like, yeah, I can tell it's awful, but he can still sing all the damn words to that commercial. (laughs) So what I think is fascinating is that before this kind of women can have it all revolution, we used to say like that our value as women was as caretakers. And that was the only thing like women do not work outside of the home right? So the pendulum was way far over here. And then it swung in the entire opposite direction, that our value is in taking care of children and working full-time and keeping the house clean and having dinner on the table and satisfying our husbands and, 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 and. And yeah, we need all 24 hours of the day in order to do all of that. So what became the answer was multitasking. Now, multitasking is something that doesn't just affect women. Though I have found in a study of two, it's definitely something I struggle with more than my husband, and I find that to be fascinating. He definitely is much better at just doing the task that's in front of him, where I am always doing like five to seven things at a time. (laughs) So I am fascinated. Like, Of course, that's just a study of two. I can't be sure that that's universal. I do think multitasking, however, does tend to affect women more than men. I reserve the right to be completely wrong in that. But just, again, just the study of me and my husband, he just simply doesn't get bogged down in the have to do multiple things at the same time in order to be productive. Like he's got his own bullshit and his own struggles with what it means to be productive and his value as a man, but it's not necessarily my value as in multitasking. But what I know is that almost every job I can think of when I graduated college in 1996, every single one of them wanted powerful multitaskers. The ability to handle multiple projects at a time, multiple tasks at a time. This was valued. Every employer that I remember interviewing with wanted employees who could like pat their head and rub their tummies at the same time. It was seen as the key to being more productive. And of course, that's what a multinational corporation wants. They want productive employees. You get more done when you do more than one thing at a time. That whole kill two birds with one stone kind of mentality. And it's so ingrained in our culture to get more done by doing as many things as you can at one time. You're considered more efficient. Oh, how I've always strived. You don't even know like the word efficient 
the double-edged sword that I have had with that word. I've always tried to be super efficient with my time because more efficient, I've perceived as being more effective. You create more results. You get further faster. This whole idea of like, don't waste your life. Don't waste your time. And if you can find ways of getting more done at one time, The whole idea was that not only am I more productive in a shorter amount of time, but then I'll have way more time to relax and enjoy my life. Like that was the personal reward for me. Now, listen, I can't be sure if my adult ADD is more chemical-based or more thinking behavioral-based, but there's no way that this multitasking thing was helping how my brain operates because attempting to be a brilliant multitasker has not given me any more free time and definitely not less stress. And I thought it was me. I thought my brain was the problem. I thought, oh, I have an inefficient brain. I need to change how I think. I need to figure out ways to feel better about the fact that my brain is deficient so that I can get more done. Like that is a lose-lose all over the place. And have you all ever heard of the book, If You Give a Mouse a Cookie? If you're a parent, there's no doubt that you've read the book. If you're not a parent, the gist is, if you give a mouse a cookie, he'll want to go get a glass of milk first. And then on the way to get that glass of milk, something else will happen that he'll need to take care of that. And the next thing you know, he's writing notes and he's cleaning up messes and he's doing a hundred different things. And he doesn't get around to actually getting that cookie until the end of the book. That's my brain. (laughs) And it's like a multitasker's manifesto, right? Like now that I'm really understanding more about multitasking and single tasking, I can see now of like, oh, that's not just a cute, oh my gosh, that's so me. It's like, oh my gosh, that is how my brain functions. It's like I'm over here and while I'm cleaning up this stuff over here, I'm going to knock this out and I'm going to knock this out. But then I get sidetracked with that doohickey over there. And the next thing you know, I've got five things in my hand. So I'm going to go set one down and then I walk into the kitchen, but I set down the thing that was supposed to end up in the kitchen. And oh my God, I create so much more stress for myself when I do this, right? And I've operated this way for like forever. I don't remember ever not operating this way. And I'm going to be 48 years old this year. I can't even think back to a time where I wasn't trying to be more efficient, where I wasn't trying to knock multiple things out at one time. And I thought there was something wrong with me. And I really think while maybe it's possible women struggle with this more than men, I do believe that multitasking is ingrained in our society. The patriarchal structures from centuries ago told us that our value was based on how productive we were. And you had to be productive for the people in charge or your life was in danger. And we're talking about like when you go back to like the Middle Ages or when you go back into even like the pre-industrial and post-industrial ages, your productivity was the most important thing or like your safety was on the line. Your value is in productivity. So be as productive as you can, even if that means doing five things at once. Like no wonder we as a society have come to value and hold in such high esteem multitasking. It's like embedded in our DNA, but only because of some rules some dumb men created like centuries ago. 
And now we have more research now that proves multitasking is a myth. It's not actually real. Our brains, as fancy a computer as they are, are not actually able to give full attention to more than one task at a time. Like your computer really isn't that great at this either. It just processes each individual task very quickly. But when you're doing multiple things at a time, you aren't giving 100% to five different things. You're giving 20% to each of those things. So you might be doing more in a smaller amount of time, but not effectively, not proficiently. And research completely backs this up that we are less efficient when we multitask because our brain is splitting its resources. You're not giving any one thing your full ability when you try. And then it leads to burnout. Your brain will eventually revolt on you because it just can't do it anymore. And I think this is where I have found myself in my 40s of just being like, I'm just so tired and I can't get my brain to shut off and it's always going a mile a minute. It's like the it's like it's on a runaway train and so I either am on that runaway train or it just shuts down altogether. Now everyone's burnout threshold may be very different. Apparently mine's very high and that I'm just now having this conversation in the year I turned 48 years old, but we all have a threshold. So just because multitasking seems like it's working for you, It really isn't. You just haven't hit that burnout threshold yet. And there's a chance. Here's the real kicker of it all, right? There's a really high chance that you're just getting the dopamine hit from the thought, look at me, I'm so efficient and productive when I do more at once. As opposed to the good that is available to you when your brain becomes very comfortable in powerfully accomplishing with 100% of its resources, one thing at a time, singularly focused, and it's operating at its full potential. And again, this is really just an extension of that 100% effort conversation we've had for the past few weeks. This is another reason why 100% effort does not mean wearing yourself out. 100% effort should include doing one thing with your full attention or with 100% of your brain at a time. Now, I can tell you right now, this is not in my notes at all, but as I'm having this conversation, every time I've said 100% attention or focus, my brain starts It's freaking out in the background. Like I'm saying these words out loud to you. This is how I know I have work to do and why I'm sharing this with you before I've overcome this. It's screaming in the back of my head. You don't know how to do that. You don't know how to focus. The word focus in and of itself makes you squirrely. You've got squirrel brain. You've got shiny object syndrome. You can't focus on more than one thing at a time. And rather than trying to pretend that you can... Let's just run with how your brain operates. Like, this is the literal conversation in my head right now as I'm recording this episode. So if this conversation makes you feel squirrely, I'm with you. I really am. So why am I having the conversation? Why is this so important? Why is trying to incorporate more single tasking something I'm asking you to consider along with me? Even when my brain's gone, nope, nope, can't do it. Nope, that's not how we function. 
So I've been focused on this for about a month already, and I'm going to tell you, it has not been easy. Like, I didn't realize how many tabs I have open while working. Even while writing this podcast, I remembered an email that I needed to send, and then I went to send that email, and then that, that email led to a Facebook post and an Instagram post, and the next thing I know, I've done like three, four things at once. <laughs> like, I didn't realize how many times I knock out some quick tasks while talking to my kids. How many times I play a word game while watching TV. How many times I have been listening to an audiobook while working out or taking a walk. Now, some of these things aren't inherently bad. I personally like cooking and cleaning and kind of mental checkout time to listen to an audiobook, but I've been incorporating more silence into those mental checkout times lately because it occurred to me that I'm constantly filling my brain with input. So as someone who has said, listen to this podcast while you are working out, you know, take me for a walk with you, I'm now even starting to see that almost every moment of the day was filled with some form of input and I was scheduling time to just be alone with my brain, as opposed to what if I stopped putting in so many inputs all of the time. So be clear, I'm not saying eliminate any doing two things at a time, but just start being mindful of what you're doing and create more time where you don't have constant input into your brain. So the walks I've taken outside in this month of January, so I've always listened to like a podcast or an audiobook while I've been taking a walk outside. And so I've turned them off and just walked. And I can report back that I feel calmer when I'm done than I ever have before. And some of the most brilliant ideas, including the free training that I came up with, little notes, little anecdotes, little, ooh, I want to make sure I include that, have popped up like moments or like within 30 minutes of me being done. So I'm inviting you to join me on this single tasking mission this year. It's clearly not a quick change for me, and I'm committing to working on it. Okay, so number one, the increased focus. Again, as a person who has an adult ADD, the word focus does get me very twitchy. It makes me very anxious because I have this story that I can't focus. And maybe it's possible that I actually can focus and I'm just wildly out of practice. You know, maybe trying to do five things at once for 40 years has actually led to me to be somebody who is unable to focus. So the increased focus of really just looking at the task at hand and saying, I'm going to go write this thing and my ability to calm the anxiety in my brain. Now, I use a term for myself. I call it coming back to center. And so what I mean by that is knowing that it is, and again, I'm at this point, I'm unsure if it's more chemical, if it's just more behavioral, it is my brain's tendency to go off on tangents and to run this way. It's a total give a mouse a cookie kind of situation over here. And I can stop myself in any moment and just like my words to me are, I'm just going to come back to center. It just reminds me to come back to where I am and focus on the thing that's right in front of me and to breathe into that. And I can actually feel my anxiety 
drop down. So increased focus for me is creating less anxiety. And as somebody who has anxiety, again, like I'm really starting to question where these things are coming from. Is it more my behavior that's created attention deficit and anxiety? Or is it more chemical? Given my family history, there's a good chance it's a combination of both. But when I remind myself to come back to center and increase my focus on the thing that's in front of me, I can feel the anxiety drop out of my shoulders. It's like a big (sighs) breath. And I'm just centered here with you. And I'm okay. All right, so number two, by committing to single tasking, this is kind of the opposite thing, I won't be able to run away as easily from discomfort. So one of the reasons I multitask, other than ingrained belief systems and habit, (laughs) is because when I butt up against something that makes me uncomfortable, when I butt up against a belief system that's still ingrained in me, I'll just go jump to another task. Like multitasking is a great form of distraction. It's a great form of buffering. And I'll have to be willing to strengthen my discomfort muscle in a way that I've previously managed to avoid. And you know me in emotional strength training, I'm a big fan of it. So I feel like this is another doorway to increasing my emotional strength training. You know, people who create whatever they want are people who are willing to feel anything. So committing to single tasking is for me another pathway there. I will not be able to run away from discomfort so easily if I just remind myself to come back to center and really look at what am I trying to skitter away from here? Because that's really what it feels like. It feels like a skittering. It feels like a flightiness, right? It feels like it's a very high, high energy, but on the verge of uncomfortable. Not so much excitement, but more anxiety, right? So now, what is it that I think I'm trying to avoid? So number three, all of these are kind of all along the same lines. Single tasking is going to require me to stay with myself. Like I've noticed on my walks this month without a podcast or an audiobook or even music with words going on in my headphones, I'm left with me. Doing one thing at a time means me having to pay more attention to where my brain is going, and it requires more presence with myself. So instead of just a couple minutes of meditation a day and then bam, go do five things at once all day long, I can actually start to think of each task as a mini meditation with myself. You can for real meditate as normally as you would. And if you don't currently meditate, you can literally just start with one minute, like one minute where you just sit still and don't do anything. And just try to be present with you. That's all you need. Pair that with being with yourself as you do one task at a time. And you're going to get to know you so much better. And when you get to know you so much better, now we go into the fourth reason why. Like if none of the first three reasons had you convinced, this fourth reason to me is really everything. You're going to unlock your brain's potential. When you get past the discomfort of really being with yourself truly for the first time over the course of a day, as opposed to just a couple minutes here or a couple minutes there, when you're not flitting from one task to another, you give your brain a chance to just go deeper than you've previously allowed it. You will find results. You will find ideas. You will find options. 
You will find a wealth of knowledge that you've previously untapped, things that you haven't considered before. You're creating more time over the course of the day rather than just a 30-minute super thinking session or just a 20-minute meditation session, but actually over the course of a day, giving your brain space to answer those questions that we talk about all the time here on the podcast. Especially if you are a Competent Coaches Mastermind student, I give you lots of questions to go solve for and help you find more questions to solve for. And single tasking increases the chances and increases the space where you allow your brain more chances to solve for all of those questions that you're asking of it. Like really understand that you are a creator. You are a maker of things. You are a well of genius ideas. And it's so much harder accessing all of that if your brain is constantly operating at fractions of its power. You will find solutions to client struggles you weren't able to find before. You will come up with brilliant new ways of explaining how you help people. You will simply feel more competent because your brain isn't spinning a mile a minute. And I truly believe that there is a way to incorporate single tasking no matter how your brain is wired. And for me, my anxiety is the key for me. When I start to feel the anxiety, that to me is my key. All right, let's just come back to center and let's just do this one thing in front of us. And I really am. So if you want to know how I'm starting this, I really am just making a point of when I'm watching TV, let's just watch TV. When my son comes up to talk to me, I'm going to put my phone down or put my computer aside or pause the TV show and give him my full attention. If what I'm doing needs to be done in that moment, I will ask him, can you give me a moment and then let me finish this and then I'll come back to you. Whereas I've been like, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh, and I've been trying to finish the thing and also trying to engage with him. So this is really what I'm talking about. Like I understand because this is how I've lived for so long, that my brain will go to a couple different things at a time. I am not saying that we're working against our brain. I am saying we work with it and we start in small places. I think for me, when I'm really thinking about this, is that single tasking is about my willingness to really just be fully present where I am. This doesn't mean a rigid schedule. This doesn't mean forcing my wild, brilliant self into a tight, contained box. I'm just asking myself to be more present with the thing that I'm doing at the time that I'm doing it, knowing that I'm actually creating more calm and less anxiety. And my brain still gets to be wired the way my brain is, and I can still love it. And I can still love me exactly who I am. And the benefit of this is more presence in my life, more connection with the people in my life, and less anxiety and less stress. So I'm committed to single tasking this year. One month in, I've already seen the difficulties, but I really believe that the less stress and the less anxiety is going to far outweigh any of the difficulties I see when my brain's like, nope, we gotta do five things at one time. My kids always walk in and they're like, why do you have nine tabs open? (laughs) I'm like, doesn't everybody have nine tabs open on their computer? And they're like, No, 
I'm like, oh, you haven't picked that up for me yet. All right. So if you are in with me, I love it if you'd share this podcast episode on your socials. Let people know that you're in. Comment on the post on Facebook and Instagram. So every Tuesday morning, you will always find a post for the podcast episode. Go comment on there, share in your socials that you're committed. And here's really what it is. I'm committed to single tasking so that I can have more presence, less stress, and less anxiety. And let's do this together. Let's see what we create with this. You in? Let's do this. And I love you guys so much. And until next week, let's go fuck some shit up. Coaches, I have created a brand new freebie offer just for you podcast listeners. I created a brand new training called Stop Overcomplicating Confidence because I see my coaches do it all the time, make this confidence thing way harder than it has to be. In this free training, you're going to learn exactly how you overcomplicate confidence, what's creating that, and how to stop it. Here's the best part. All of it, less than an hour. Less than an hour of your time, you will feel more confident in less than an hour, right? Yes. Friends, this is the best training I've ever done. So visit amylatta.com forward slash podcast gift to get yours. Again, that's amylatta.com forward slash podcast gift. Go now and feel more confident in just an hour. Thanks so much for listening to the Confident Coaches podcast. I invite you to learn more. Come visit me at amylatta.com. And until next week, let's go do epic stuff.